The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic kindness. When is it real and when is it a manipulation? In a recent workshop, a participant admitted that she's nice in order to get people to love her. I'll, I'll cop to that. I do that. <laughs> is that really kindness or is it really? Ma- Oops, I think I suspect the answer to that one. Have you ever been nice in order to get someone to like you? A popular kid at school, a good-looking guy or girl, an employer? Why did you do it and what was the result? How can you tell when your kindness is genuine versus when it is a manipulation? How does it feel when it happens to you? Host Beth Green says that if you're getting love through being nice, you'll never feel loved. And if people are buying your love, you won't feel loved either. She says kindness and nice are not the same. In fact, she questions the whole paradigm of nice and not nice. So get in on the discussion. Let's talk about kindness. Call in and ask Beth how to become more authentically yourself. And after the show, like us on Facebook. We so love to be liked. Share the link and join the post-show forum. You can see the link on the right of the host page. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Well, I don't think it's nice for me to bring up this topic. Do you? Um, well, you're, you're into getting real. So <laughs> well, tell, tell us about nice and not nice and all the rest. And maybe oh, we'll, wow. then we'll decide whether it's nice it's, or not. Well, one of the things that I want to start out with is that so often somebody is being really nice and you just don't feel comfortable. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, and you just like feel like somebody has just wiped you with a sleaze rag <laughs> or something. And then you just feel something icky about it and, you know, it makes you wonder, well, what is it that's really going on? But most of the time we don't think about it. We just allow it. And you know Why? Because our ego likes to be flattered. Uh, exactly. Because uh-huh. we, want, we want people to be nice to us. We don't want to question the people who are nice to us. We only want to question the people who are being mean. <laughs> <laughs> However, we define mean. Now, as a counselor for many, many decades, oh, I can say that now, decades, decades, decades. <laughs> As a counselor for many decades, um, I found that people often did not like me because I wasn't nice. Now, they weren't paying me to be nice. They were paying me, I thought, to help them to see themselves more clearly and be honest with themselves. But the truth was that most people did not come into counseling because they wanted the truth. I didn't say that, did I? I guess you did. That was not nice. That's not not nice. But you're being real. You're being real. Oh, my God, but it isn't nice. James, think about those poor people I'm insulting. Thousands of people out there who have paid thousands of dollars to thousands of therapists 
who they really, all they really wanted was that the therapist would be nice to them mm-hmm. and basically agree with anything that they say. It's so a paid, a paid friend, as, as it a were. A paid friend, a paid friend. So that's the, the preferred, let's face it. Now, why would people do a thing like that? Why would you waste your money going to somebody who, who's being nice to you and really never challenging you and doesn't help you grow? Well, because we don't, feel happy in our lives and we feel criticized and we feel down and we feel under the gun and so we're looking for someone to be nice to us now I mean then there there could also be a courtesan or a prostitute whose job is to be nice to us in in a different way maybe in a you know in a sexual way or if you're hiring a, a companion that person you're paying them to be nice to you I'll tell you how else we pay people to be. I didn't expect to go off in this direction, but but this is how I'm starting. So another way that we pay people to be nice to us is, you know, when we have higher nursing care, private care, uh, often what we're looking for is someone to just be nice to us. And bring us a cup of hot tea or what, I mean, also clean our bedpans and do all kinds of other things, but we're also looking for someone who's going to be nice. Now, I can understand that. James is not always nice to me, and I want to have somebody that I can have a guarantee that they're going to be nice. So what is the problem with that? James, don't you want me to be always nice um, to you? Uh, that that's, uh, that's something that's come up for us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it when you're nice to me. <laughs> So what's the problem? What's the problem? Well, because I get to stay stuck in my stuff and nothing ever changes. That's right. So that's the thing. Very often when somebody is being nice to you, they're not challenging you. And I mean, let's face it, when many, many of us were raised to be nice to a parent uh, and that we're not, or to our younger sister or to somebody or grandma or something be nice how many times did we hear that be nice or we heard people saying that to other people be nice so don't hit that little girl or that little boy well kind of I sort of agree with that I don't really I'm not advocating we go around hitting people that is not the point but the point is that we are trained and brainwashed into being nice as a habitual pattern in order to get somebody to like us. Now, when uh, we're being told to do this by parents, they're saying, be nice to your little sister or brother or be nice to grandma. We're actually not doing it for the little sister or brother's approval or grandma's approval, unless grandma is the kind who gives us lots of toys. But often we're just being nice to grandma or the little kid because we don't want to get our parents pissed off at us. So already we're being authentic, inauthentic, I mean, um, and we're being nice because we're afraid not to be nice because somebody's telling us that they won't like us if we are not nice. So it's not authentic. And so here it is. Remember I was t- talking about at the beginning of the show, hey, somebody's nice to you and you feel kind of weird about it. It feels inauthentic. Well, sometimes it's just because that person has been trained to act nice because that's their programming, and it isn't because they actually like you. And sometimes they're nice because they really want something direct from you, like 
uh, so at first we may be nice because we want to please our parents, but now let's say, you know, I'm a young woman and I'm poor and I want to be taken out on the town and I haven't got the money. So there's this kind of jerky guy, but if I'm nice to him, he'll get me a steak dinner. I have to tell you that I did that many times when I was a young woman. (laughs) I was so poor. I didn't have any food. So I would get a guy to take me out to dinner, and then I would only eat half and take home the rest so I'd have another dinner. Or if I got really friendly with a guy and I knew him well, I'd say, could could we just skip dinner? Could you just take me to the grocery store? (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely being nice. But, But, you know, there's something in me that just can't stand nice. So, I don't want to be that kind of phony nice, and I don't want anyone to be phony nice with me. So, it looks like we already have a caller. So, before I go on and on and on about what's wrong with being nice, and and when are you really nice, or when are you being a manipulator, I'd like to call on our caller, Christine from San Diego. Hello. Hello there. Um, I don't see how anybody could not relate to everything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) And when you talked about being raised to be nice, I thought I was. I was raised to be nice, but I was also raised to be competitive and to out-compete other people. Ooh, now isn't that a fascinating topic that you're already bringing up? Yeah. How how do we deal with contradictory uh, survival strategies. Mm-hmm. One survival strategy is be nice, be nice, be nice, because then you'll please mommy and daddy, or you won't get beat up by your brother. And the other stri- uh, survival strategy is compete, win, be number one, because then the world will take care of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is the God takes care of those who take care of themselves kind of philosophy. So were you going to... Um, Talk about the contradiction between those two things. Well, I think the contradictions are obvious. I don't think I've done it very well. Um, Or that I would flip back and forth so that I would not seem too competitive. (laughs) And then go into phony nice, right? Or try to hide that I'm being competitive if nice is more acceptable. I like that. I like that. I would say I am that. (laughs) Uh, Unless, but now... Let's not forget there is another version of this. Okay. So, supposing, you know, you're out on a date with a guy who's kind of masochistic. Mm-hmm. Then the only way to be nice is to be mean. There you go. So then you have to be mean yes. to make him like you. So then you're mean and it makes you sick because you're not really mean. Exactly. I don't know that I did that. Oh, I bet you did. I someone bet who is you. masochistic. So someone who is masochistic, oh, they like to hurt themselves. Yes, so they like to be hurt. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I did do that. Like someone At- who likes to hurt themselves, yes, or be mean to themselves, yes. Yes. But so I didn't that- like the way that made me feel, though. No, no, you because wouldn't. Because I but- conflicted with my image that <laughs> I'm nice. <laughs> I know that that now that is also interesting because now we're struggling with their image. 
I mean, you probably wanted to be mean to that person at a certain point because you felt so disgusted with them wanting you to be mean to them that you got angry with them and wanted to be mean, but then that conflicted with your self-image. But you see what I mean? When somebody really wants you to be angry towards them, it's amazing how we're impacted by their state of consciousness. Yes. So what? Yeah, and I'm just looking, I'm just looking, I can, you know, in in current relationships too, like just where that exists. And I do feel that sometimes, even when my husband's upset with himself, like I want to be mean to him. Yes, because that's the only way to be in agreement with what he's feeling. (laughs) If you you are nice to him when he's not being nice to himself, then how is he going to cope with that? We're completely at odds. (laughs) But I feel, Christine, that underneath all of this, Mm -hmm. have we completely confused our audience out there? I hope so, because I'm so confused. (laughs) I I don't know who I am at this point. (laughs) I think that deep down inside, you have a question. I do. You do, and I'm so nice. My question is, well, what kind of person am I? Because uh, I don't that, feel like I'm really a nice person. I've just been nice to get things. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, and I don't know, um, I don't feel like I'm like a mean person. Not that I'm saying that I'm not mean sometimes, but I don't know that that's yes. like my fundamental nature either. Yeah. So. Well, uh, if you were to look through all of that, yeah, and you could let go of all the judgments about it. What you would see is that you, you, and I would say this is true for so many of us. Is everybody out there taking notes about themselves? <laughs> okay. What I would say is that deep down inside, you're a person who's looking for approval, which means mm. that you're neither nice nor not nice. Mm-hmm. You're looking for approval. So you're doing what you need to do to get approved right. of. Right, whatever fits in the situation. Exactly. Where I can get the approval, yes. Exactly. Now, that, of course, you know, it's so wonderful that you're coming in talking about this because we have noticed that about other people doing that to us or to others. Mm-hmm. And it makes us kind of sick to our stomachs, mm-hmm. except... Except for the fact that where I started earlier, I don't know if you heard the whole show from the beginning, where I was talking about how we want people to be nice to us and we'll even pay them to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, oh, so I'm getting paid to be nice sometimes. Oh, oh, there's no question about that. Yeah. You're, I mean, I bet you're employed. I am. <laughs> and I bet your boss pays you to be nice. Yeah. And so... If you're not nice and you upset uh, whoever the, you know, the customer or the client is, mm-hmm. then your boss is upset with you. So that kind of brings us back to that experience of being a child where it says, be nice to your brother right. or your sister, but even when you want to shoot them. At work, we also them. have, you know, you got to win. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not, you're not supposed to win against your, your customer no. You're supposed to win against the competition. Correct. Okay, so are you ever supposed to be nice to the competition? No. No. Well, uh, not unless we're working on something together. Right. And then Yeah. Yes. So then you're and getting then they're not the competition. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, uh, let's take this a little further. Uh, what has happened to you? Have you ever been nice to someone that, you're, that you weren't supposed to socially be, you know, that you weren't socially approved to being nice to? I'm sure I have. I'm sure you have to. I want you to take a look at that. Say, hmm, let me think of a time when I've been nice when I wasn't supposed to be. In a work situation? Mm, well, actually, that's true. But what I'm picking up is it's more of a little girl situation. Oh, a little girl situation. Yeah, and you were being nice to someone and your, one of your parents, at least one, did not approve. Ooh, I don't know then. I mean, I could think of my classmates not approving. Um, no, 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 I'm talking about... One of my parents, I don't did know. Not a, like, did how not old, approve. Like six, like... Yeah, five or six. Was it um, the children in the neighborhood? Yes. Was it the white children or the black children? The black children. Aha. Uh-huh. That's who I wanted to play with. Right. You were being too nice to them. Now, how did your parents let you know that you weren't supposed to be nice to them? Talking about black people in general, I think. Oh, so they made like aspersions that you couldn't possibly have missed. Yes. Okay. And how did that impact you? I think that I um, shut down at some level. That's not exactly it. Okay. Take a deeper look. Did you continue being nice to those people anyway and defy that prejudice? I don't think so. No. So what did you do instead? I think I played with the other girl. The white girl. Um, Well, they moved us also. They moved you away. Yeah, my parents did. We only stayed uh, nine months in that neighborhood. I don't think you played with a white girl. Okay. I think think what happened, this is kind of what I'm picking up, and uh, then we're going to go to commercial break. And by the way, we have, you know, room for more callers, so please call in uh, after this, of course. Okay, what this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. like you got angry at your parents and you felt frustrated and mm-hmm. you wanted to do something, but you were afraid to fight them and you didn't play with anybody. Mm-hmm. I think, I feel like you kind of, when you said shut down, that wasn't really the word for it. You started isolating mm-hmm. because you didn't feel Shutting support. myself off maybe would have been better. That's, yeah. that's right. Shutting yeah. yourself off. And mm-hmm. then to make absolute sure that you didn't do the wrong thing, they took you away. Yes. Ah, now I want you to feel that, that feeling that one of the reasons that your parents moved was to take you away from the friends that, that you didn't, they didn't want you to have. Mm-hmm. And, and that taught you a very big lesson, which was... You think it would be absolutely clear, but I think I'm processing <laughs> what you just said. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I, it taught me um, to be afraid to choose the people you love. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, Christine, I got to go. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) You're very, very welcome. Uh, We are going into commercial break, but do not hesitate to call. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hello, welcome back, welcome back. Today we're talking about kindness or niceness and when it's real and when it's a manipulation. We have a couple of callers and I just beg your indulgence to hang in there a little bit while, a little while longer because I'd like to say a few words about manipulation before we go on with the calls because it's so important for us to recognize that when we are nice for uh, the purpose of getting some payoff, then there's nothing nice about it. We can't, we don't know who we are and that energy will definitely contaminate everything we do, whether or not we know it, whether or not other people will acknowledge it. Because as I say, other people may be desperate for someone to be nice to them, so they're not going to call you on it, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't contaminate the relationship. And what I'd like to say about that is that when you are truly kind or when you're coming out of a place of kindness, you are not doing it for any purpose. There is no purpose. It's just an expression of something that you feel. You feel clean, and it is obvious to the other person that there is no ulterior motive. But see, we humans, we're so used to being manipulated by one another that on the one hand, our being used to it means we don't even notice it half the time because it's like, well, isn't that the way it is? I mean, isn't that just the way it is? So we don't even notice that we're being manipulated. And or we are willing to be manipulated because we're getting something out of it ourselves. But it really makes us all kind of sick because we don't feel a trust in our feelings. Uh, it's like the woman who asks herself after 10 years of marriage to the you know, wealthy plastic surgeon, 
uh, you know, do I really love him? Not a good thing. So with that, we're going to go to the, the, our next caller, who is Helen from San Diego. Hi, Beth. Hi, James. <clears throat> Hi. Hello. I have a distinct memory when I was, I don't know how old, maybe seven. Um, and my family was visiting one of my grandparents' friends out in the country in Missouri. And they had a child with some sort of a disability. Mm. And I remember asking the parents, you know, what was wrong with their son. Not, I didn't mean to be mean. I was just interested. Yeah. Um, and they, they, it, was, it was made into a big deal somehow. I don't remember the details of it. But my sister came out smelling like a rose mm. that she hadn't said anything about it. She had just been nice to him. Mm. And I wasn't being mean to him. I was just interested in, in the information. But mm-hmm. I think it made me feel like um, I shouldn't ask questions. I shouldn't notice things, you know. And if mm-hmm. I did, keep them to myself. Yes, I think that's very true. And I'd like to make a comment about that. When you are with someone who has uh, a clear disability, that person is usually, I'm not saying always, but usually very self-conscious about that disability, which mm-hmm. means that it is in their consciousness that they are disabled. Yeah. I, I, can, I know this from my own experience because, uh, because of my physical uh, illness and crippledness. You know, sometimes I get up and I walk and I'm stumbling around or I'm, you know, I mean, I'm limping or whatever. You know, I'm looking awkward. And I know that it's obvious, right? Um, and I want to go to everybody and say, hello, I'm not drunk. So it's in my consciousness. Well, I will tell you absolutely that this child was very aware of it. So you coming into that situation, especially with being so young, you would be telepathically tuned into that other being. And you would pick up that they were also self-conscious. So it isn't just your observation. You are also reading the energy in the field. And so that would make you even more aware of it and so then you're in the quandary about how do you handle it but you don't know that you're actually picking up the the uh self-consciousness of the other person and if we were taught to be real instead of to be nice then we could talk about it and then you could have shown compassion for that person if they had a an opportunity to talk about how they felt it's like, oh, what it would a relief it would be to be able to say, yes, I do feel self-conscious. I think what happens often is that when you have disabilities, people even ignore you, even exist. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, they just look the other way, so you don't even exist. Or you um, are trying to be nice, or if you're a, a nasty son of a bitch, you know, you make fun of that person. But none of those is really a good uh, a, a, a good way. It, there's no way to relate because there's no communication. So if you said to me, um, you know, if you're, if you're picking up that I'm feeling self-conscious and you say, you know, oh, you know, how are you feeling about this? Or I noticed that you're having trouble walking or whatever it is. You know, uh, how does that make you feel? And I would say, well, actually, it makes me feel com- awkward, un- unbeautiful, 
uh, ungraceful and defiant. And then you could say, well, you know, I feel the same way about my mind or whatever it is. You see, and then you can start relating and you talk. That's right. nice. See, that is really nice because it's a, it's a, a oneness instead of a condescension. You know, there is something very condescending. You know, when somebody's being nice to you, you feel that they really feel sorry for you at times. And, but they're not saying so because they don't want to hurt your feelings. All of that is assuming a lack of oneness. They're assuming that they are better than you, and you're assuming that they, that, that they are too. I can see that. Yeah. So I'm very glad that you brought that up, Helen. I think that people need to think about that. And uh, I think it would be very helpful for everybody in the audience to ask themselves, is there something that I'm not acknowledging or saying to the other person that's perfectly obvious, let's say you have a stumbling drunk mother who's, uh, you know, neglectful and abusive, and you're told you should be nice to her because you shouldn't upset her. It's not her fault that she's a drunk, right? You never tell her that, you know, I'm not being taken care of, mom. <laughs> you know, you really need to get sober because, uh, you know, this, is, this isn't working. You know, it's like be nice to her. Or if you have a situation where, where you have a raging parent, uh, a mother or a father or, you know, a raging uh, uh, sibling, and you're told to be nice to them, in that case, you're being told to be nice in order to protect yourself. But in fact, that's not a protection. You are, you know, allowing that, that, that adult continue to be abusive or brutal or raging. And, you know, mom will say, don't disturb your father. You know how he is. So you're really being told not only to, to be nice, but also to suppress your own instinct for survival. And we talked about this is all part of the survival instinct and the contradictions in it that, you know, we, it started with the Christine. So here's your instinct for survival is I don't want to enrage the bull, right? And at the same time, I'm not safe if I keep living with this person. And so you have two in survival instincts that are in conflict. Or I can't, I can't uh, survive emotionally if I continue to live with that. But if we're thoroughly programmed to give in, give in, give in, and be nice, be nice, be nice, we may run away at the age of 18, but within us has been created a pattern of being nice in the face of abusiveness. And I bet you dollars to donuts that that pattern's going to show up again and again and again in your life. So I, I really appreciate your call and it gave us an opportunity to discuss the ramifications of, for a lot of people. Thank you. It made me feel much better too. It's been plaguing me, I'm not kidding you, for 58 years. Really? And have, uh, have you been able to let that go because of this? Yes. Oh, bless you. I, am I thought I was mean. No, you were just aware. Was, you know, my sister was nice. No, your sister. You were aware, and your sister was a liar. Right. So I feel way better. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. And I mean, that thing that your sister probably ended up lying to a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Helen, for your call. Thank you, Beth. S- Okay, and our next caller today is Elizabeth from San Diego. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to Inside Out. Thank you. Hi, Beth and James. Hi. Hi. 
Well, I had several things come to mind as I was listening. Um, But the most prominent one, I think, is a situation um, that came up with my boss. Does that feel right I bring that one up? Yes, yes. Um, I invited her to a study group in this technique that we're both learning. And it happened before, but this the second time uh, she's made excuses not to show up. And well, did she not, show up the did she show up the first time? No. Okay. Because you said um, the second time she made excuses not to show up. The first time oh, she I'm just sorry. didn't show up, and the second time she made excuses. Uh, the, the first time she made excuses too, and the second time um, the excuses were were even weaker because oh. <laughs> you know it's only like fifteen minutes from where she lives now. Okay. And um, so I I didn't confront her on why she didn't respond back to to mm-hmm. my invitation. Um, you know I I checked in and I, I actually got no, but I'm wondering if that's my uh, you know my ego or some part of me saying you know no leave her alone, you know am I just being nice? Well, by not, I don't by not confronting her. Not necessarily. It, it may be that you're picking up from her that she doesn't want to deal with this issue. Now, mm-hmm. the question is, so it could be that you're being nice because you don't want her to get mad at you. It could be <laughs> that you're reading the energy that's saying, you know, I've already shown you twice that I really don't want to do this. I'm just being nice by not telling you that I don't want to do it. Uh it could be that she doesn't um, – wait, there's something else. Just a minute. The, it could be that she has some fears about actually embarking on something new. So now, mm-hmm. if we're talking about being nice, of course, then it becomes nonsensical because – How do you know how to respond to something like that? If you're trying to be nice, you say, well, if I was being nice, I wouldn't bring it up. Or if I was being nice, I would talk to her about it and be helpful and try to help her to overcome it. If I'm being nice, what should I do if I'm being nice? So if you just, you know, you could go nuts trying to figure out which uh, which is the right nice thing to do. (laughs) And, And, you know, the first thing, of course, I would ask is, why do you care? So I would start with the first question, which is, why do you care? And the second is, what would higher consciousness have me do? So why don't we go through these as quickly as we can? Um, Because I have a feeling that the commercial break is going to be coming up pretty darn soon. So, Mm -hmm. okay, Elizabeth, why do you care if she's coming or not? Did you know? Okay, wait, let me ask you this. When did you first know that she really didn't want to do this? Uh, I think the first time I got the study group together, invited her, and the reasons why the reasons she gave why she wasn't going to show up. So yes, this was like a couple years ago. Okay. And you already so you knew then that she really didn't want to do it. Yeah, and I actually confronted her on it, and we, we kind of got in a tiff about it. And why should she do it? Um. Maybe I have a, a judgment that, you know, this technique is not an easy technique and you actually have to practice to, to be able to do it right. Okay, but that's not why you're doing it. Why are you trying to get this woman to take this, to be mm. in the study group? Well, am I being selfish because I want her to be able to do it so I can learn from her too and we can help each other with no. the technique? No, 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 no. 
uh, help her break out of a mold? No, you're not doing oh. it for her. Oh, okay. So why do you means. want her? Why do you want her in this group? I, okay, so it I feels. What? Go ahead. You, are you seeing anything? No, feels, I, I need some help. I'm okay, not. now this, the, okay, this woman is a boss of yours? Yes. Okay, I feel like you're trying to secure your own position by tying her to you in a, in a way that she isn't tied right now. Mm. You're trying to gain her friendship, her loyalty, her, you know, mutual interest. Some people go bowling together. <laughs> you know, you okay. are trying to tie her to you to deal with your insecurities. And she doesn't really have that much interest in this, and you've known this. So it wasn't nice, it, it's not nice, quote, for you to be pushing her. Now the question is, should you push her, uh, meaning should you actually go and talk to her about it, but is it necessary for her to do her job properly for her to be in this study group? Is it necessary for her to do it? She doesn't. She doesn't have to be in the study group to do what she's doing. Okay, so you have no real uh, reason to push her into doing this. No, it's not for the benefit of the clients or the world or whatever it is that she's doing. Mm-hmm. So you can see this is completely coming out of your own need to secure some beachhead with this woman. And, of course, it's having the opposite reaction. You know, she's having the opposite reaction. She's getting angry at you. And uh, you can justify it to yourself by saying that she would be so much better at it if she did it. But she doesn't need to do it because it's not, it doesn't serve anything. So I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask you the question because I feel like I'm on the edge of it, but I haven't hit it directly yet. Okay. Okay, take a breath. Ah, why do you want this woman to do this study group with you when it's not necessary? Do I just want her to be my friend? You do. And you're not just going to her. So you're trying to tie her to you instead of relating to her and seeing if there's anything there. Okay. I can understand that. So you can see that being nice or not being nice didn't even play into this. It just comes out of a fear of trying to see whether or not there's a real, real relationship there and if this woman actually likes you. So I can have compassion for that, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I hope that I answered your question. So let it go and pursue what you really want, which is the friendship, instead of trying to create a friendship out of something else. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, we have another caller, but we are going to commercial break. So you hang in there. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. 
at the website. Sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back to Inside Out. And before we go to our next caller, I would like to not be nice. Okay. (sighs) Why don't you ask me what I want to be not nice about, James? What do you not want to be nice about? I want to be not nice to the audience. And why is that? Eek! Well, I, I have to say that I was feeling kind of blocked there and I was, something was happening. And I usually feel very in the flow when we're doing Inside Out. So I think that there's a lot of buttons being pushed here. Uh, in our audience, both live and those who are going to be listening to it later because when it comes to stuff like this, there's no time and space. And just, I want you to take a look at why is this topic making you feel so uncomfortable? And of course, it's because it's about survival. I mean, at conditioning and survival. How can It's how we cope. And some people have been conditioned to be powerful, mean domineering that that's the way they cope but a lot of people have been uh, have been taught to be nice I mean haven't we all been told you get more flies with sugar than you do with the, I don't know you're supposed to get something vinegar. more with well, vinegar yeah, more uh, flies with honey than with vinegar well the, re- the real question is why the hell would you want a fly to start with <laughs> I mean isn't that when you think about that phrase I mean doesn't that put the whole thing yeah, in perspective it, really that's a manipulation to trap the flies exactly exactly we're trying to trap the flies <laughs> so um, I mean think about yourself as a fly trapper and ask yourself what it is that you have lost by being nice when it wasn't authentic. And again, if some emotion of kindness is bubbling from you, it's because you feel a connection to somebody, not because you feel sorry for them or because you're trying to get something from them. You feel a connection to them and something happens. It's like, you know, people who are genuinely friendly, you know, I meet people and I just love, usually I love relating to people, but when I'm being nice to somebody in order for, for them to charge me less for something or to give me something, 
I feel kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm getting a victory here because I may get what I want, but I feel kind of dirty inside. And I remember that so distinctly as I was, you know, coming up in years and I went out on my own, you know, as a, uh, a young woman in New York City on my own. I was terrified of the world and I had to try to find some way to get taken care of. And, you know, I'd have to ask this slumlord to come and take care of my property. I mean, it wasn't easy. I mean, they had no intention of doing anything. So I, you know, if they wanted me to flirt with them, I'd get a little flirtatious. If they wanted me to look up to them and act, you know, like I was in distress, I could, especially because I was in distress, that was pretty easy. So, you know, when I think about it, it's all pretty sickening. I understand why I did it and I have compassion, but I, I did it because I needed that. I felt insecure. I, I couldn't cope myself in the world and I was always looking for someone to protect me in some way. And that is so much the core of all of this niceness. We're looking for some sort of protection. We don't want our clients to go away. I don't want my audience to hang up on me. So I'm going to say some one other unnice thing to the audience before we go on to our last caller, mm -hmm. which is, why don't more of you call? We have listeners, and we have a great group of callers. In fact, people have said that they love our callers. They get to know them. It's like reality TV. They're following them. We have a great group of people who tend to call, and I love that, and I really appreciate them doing it. But what about you? If you're listening live, why don't you ask yourself why you're not picking up the phone and calling in and exposing your dirty laundry in front of everybody? Okay, I've been not nice enough, and now we're going to go to Irene in Fallbrook. <laughs> well, I am one who was thoroughly programmed uh, <laughs> to be nice. And, um, and what I'm, I've been thinking of is you've been talking about me <laughs> <laughs> is um, that one of the consequences of that is I don't really know how I'm feeling about the other person. I'm, I'm not really connecting to them. I am connecting to one aspect of them, which is how do they want me to be? Yes. And how can I get them to like me? Yes. And uh, and it, it it destroys relationship because I don't I don't know whether I really want to be friends with them. That's right. In in a in a way, Irene, what you're saying is that I want the win. You know, as in addition to that desire to protect ourselves and to get someone to protect us, in addition to that, we have. Uh, uh, another little you know, meter that goes off in our heads that says, oh, I've won that person over. That proves that I'm a wonderful person. Oh, I really feel good about myself. Everybody likes me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that sickening? It is sickening. Yeah. It, it is sickening. Yeah, yeah. So and, you're absolutely... Yeah. Often, too, I, I, was, I had a great wake-up. I was married to a man who had a very angry wife who disliked me. He was black. I was the white wife. and um, she, He had an angry wife? 
Did you say yeah. is this an well, ex-wife? Ex-wife. An ex-wife. Okay. Because <laughs> you were the angry wife. <laughs> so I was going to be the nice person. And so I, he was talking to her, and then I picked up the phone, and I was being so nice. I was being so complimentary about her children. And I think she hung up on me. And later on, I was talking to her daughter, um, uh, about her mother, and she said, I don't know what I said that made her say this, but she said, my mother thinks you're very condescending. Oh! <laughs> yep, and I said, oh my God, she's right. You know, I love this story, Irene. This is so good, because that is a way that we compete. We started out talking with Christina about competition. How do you reconcile competition and being nice? But that is a way of competing by being nicer than somebody else, and that completely undermines those who are being honest. Yes, it is true that some people are just, you know, mean for whatever their reason is. But some pe- sometimes people have been mean because the person that you, let's say it's you have a husband, he has an ex-wife, she's mad at him. So sometimes he was a bastard towards her. And instead of acting like, oh, I'm such a much nicer person, you could say, you know, I can understand why she was angry at you because you treated her like shit. You know, uh-huh. that's part of the truth. Or... um just confronting somebody on this is the way you behave. And of course, people are angry at you. You know, it's like you have to shake this person to try to get anything out of him. And, uh, you know, she may not have known how to get anything out of him. And she sometimes people, I can feel this, by the way, that this applies to you, by the way. (laughs) I don't know if you're picking this up, but <laughs> this is not a hypothetical situation. The, this, uh, your ex-husband's, this is an ex-husband? We're talking uh, about? We're separated. Okay. Oh, okay. So your husband's ex-wife and you have had the same problem with this man. Yeah. But, but the way that she dealt with it was to go after him with the ex. And the way you dealt with it was to try to find the way to bring him out. And to bring, by him, be, bring him up? Yeah, bring him out. Oh, bring him out. Nice. Yes, you were going to be the nice one, and that was going to bring him out. Whereas she was the nasty one, and she couldn't bring him out, right? That's the thinking. Yeah. But yeah. actually, yeah. what happens is you were both facing the fact that he was withholding. Yes. And if you had been willing to be honest with him and her, and I'm not justifying uh-huh. all of her behavior either, but right, you would have right. seen that she was, that you were her, that you had just found a different strategy. You had grown yeah. up with different strategies to try to deal with that kind of withhold. And that would have told you something about yourself and him that you probably should have known a long time before. Yeah. Yeah. But one other thing, and it relates to this, is when I'm being nice, I don't really know, or maybe I said this before, I don't know how I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm well, because... so focused on being what I think they want yeah. that I, I lose any connection to myself and any ability to be real. Yes, and then later on, 
when we're tired of being nice to that person because that strategy yeah. didn't work, then we're yeah. furious with them. Yeah. And we say, God, I was so nice to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, and, uh, you know, I made him dinner every night and yet nice. he left me. How could he have done that? Yeah. Well, maybe it's because what he experienced was being manipulated all those years. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and sometimes people, for one reason or another, get tired of being manipulated because they don't really trust you either, especially if they're not very trusting. <laughs> okay. That's well, true. thank you, Irene. There was a lot in your situation, too, that I hope a lot of our listeners identified with. Let's not compete with one and each with each other about how nice we are. Now... <laughs> I'm going to give you all a homework assignment. I want you to think about the relationships where you've been nice. Has that come out of real, genuine feeling? Or have you been trying to protect yourself in some way? Um, Do you think you're going to get something out of it? Do you think someone's going to listen to you more if you're nice? Do you think someone's going to change if you're nice? Do you think that someone isn't going to fire you if you're nice? Or do you think that the other person isn't going to confront you on your weaknesses if you're nice? And boy, is that ever a big one. I'll be nice to you so that you will be nice to me. I'm not going to point out your defects so you don't point out mine. You know, and instead of all of us making a commitment to becoming better people and to evolve and to grow we create a kind of status quo where we don't call each other on our stuff. We leave ourselves, each other, to dangle in the muck and the mire of our own pathology. We protect ourselves from being confronted back. We stay stuck and we collude. And think about the relationships that you might have that look just like that. So now, James, will you tell us about what we're doing next week? Yes, indeed. Our next edition of Inside Out is on the theme, Ego or Consciousness? Does the Ego Always Win? We live in a world run by ego. Our business model is ego-based. Our political system is the ego's playground. Our religions have been hijacked by ego. And even our personal relationships are riddled with ego. Most of us have seen ego win in our families and our world, and we've come to believe that the ego always wins. But it doesn't. Some listeners want to know, what is the ego? And some of you are shrugging your shoulders and saying, that's just the way it is. And some of you are upset that the ego seems to always win, and you just want to go to the forest and escape. And some of you have a smile on your face because we're calling the lie. Well, we're smiling too because the ego doesn't always win. So tune in, call in, learn more about the ego, and tap into the power that can take its place. If we want the ego to stop winning, we'll have to stop believing that it always does. Let's break ranks with the ego and acknowledge the power of higher consciousness. Join us. And now for a final word from Beth. Yeah, I agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. The ego does not always win. The ego did not win today on Inside Out. And we do our best. That the ego wins in only one respect, that we get healthier and that our egos can learn how to relax and become parts of a healthier oneness, a healthier being. Uh, If you want information about the ego before we even get on the air, go to BethGreen.org, join my mailing list, 
and you will get a free download of my book, Living with Reality. And man, you will see the ego. We talk about the ego, where it comes from, what its purpose is. You'll have a lot of compassion for yourself for having an ego, but you'll start to sniff it out. And you see all of this about being kind and being nice. When it's a manipulation, it's because it's the ego that is dominating our behavior, making us do the things that we think that are going to make us safe. That's ego. That is not self. So we are looking forward to continuing this conversation in a different form next week. Until then, this is Beth. And uh, tune in and pass on our shows. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. (laughs) 